Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. Thanks for joining in for concept 25. Today's concept is beekeeping. I've been looking forward to this one for several months now. I'm here with my friend Sullivan Wilkes. Hey, Sullivan. Hey. Thanks for doing this, man. I'm, I'm super pumped about learning this. I know little to nothing about beekeeping, but I have myself as well as several friends of mine we talk about it all the time like yeah we should get into that yeah. so um i guess the the first thing i want to ask you before we get into beekeeping or before we even get into your story of beekeeping um right out of the gate i want to ask what honey is what is honey okay so honey is uh nectar from flowers and plants okay um essentially the essentially what attracts the bees to the flowers to then pollinate them Right? Oh, yeah. So that's what the bees are after, really, is the nectar. And in the process, they pollinate. Right? Awesome. And so what that is, so they get the nectar, yeah. and they bring it into their bodies, and then it goes through a process in one of their stomachs, and they secrete it back up. One of their stomachs? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and then they secrete it back up, and that's the honey. And then they dry it out. And we're, we're here... Mm -hmm. At one of your locations where you yeah, do this, this. Is... you're helping someone else take care of. No, these are mine. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah up here on Howard Street, and there's only three colonies here. But... So the wind and the vehicles and all that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of in the in the heart of downtown, but yep. this little this little place with some bees. So that's what that noise is. Um, so do do you think that humans are meant to eat the honey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> does, it, does it in any way feel like we're stealing? Um, no, because they produce way more than they oh, need. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So how did you get into beekeeping? So my dad uh, got me into it. He's had them since I was a kid, and his dad as well. So my grandfather cool. had them. So basically, I'm a third-generation beekeeper. Um, but I really got into it once we moved from Boone to our farm out in Ash County, and that was 13 years ago now. Um, and we only had, my dad only had about 10 colonies when we moved and then went up from there to about 20 or 30 and then kept, kept going up until about 80 colonies. And then I took wow. over three years ago and am now at 175 colonies. And we're sitting next to three. Yes. This three colonies. So yep. 175. Where is that? Where are those 175? Uh, all over the place. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah, yeah. The bulk of them are out in Ash County right now. Okay. Um, but they go all over Wilkes, uh, Watauga, and Avery, and even down in the Iredell in the winter. So, so what what is what is beekeeping like? I mean, they do their thing, they make their honey. Where do humans come into this process? What does that so, mean? So, really, in the past probably thirty years, yeah. beekeeping's become more of a uh, profession than it was before. Uh, mainly because it's taken more effort to keep bees alive. So that's essentially what a beekeeper More is. effort than it used to? Yes. Why? Um, the varroa mite came over from Europe in the 80s. And the varroa mite's a parasitic mite that feeds on the bee's fat body, which is like their fat. Oh. And it carries diseases and weakens the bees. And we can get into yeah. how all that yeah. works. But it carries all these diseases, compromises their immune system, which then subsequently weakens the entire colony, which then makes them die during the winter. Oh. So you have to manage for mites. We have to treat with treatments to knock the mites to so kill before, them off. So before, how do you say, for mites? 
Varroa mites. Varroa mites. Varroa. Yeah. Varroa mites. Yeah. Uh, so now that that's introduced here, it actually it's on the shoulders of the humans to help partner with bees now yes. to keep them going. Yeah. Okay. There's almost there's very few feral colonies, which means a colony that is in a tree or a house that isn't managed. Wow. Uh, most most feral colonies only will last a year or two at most. Um, so the majority of honeybees in the U.S. are kept alive by beekeepers. And I've heard how, and I watched Bee Movie, yeah, yeah. and you know, heard people <laughs> talk about. Um, can you talk a little bit about how, the implications of if we, if we, meaning humans, if we don't partner with bees and help take yeah, care of so them, what's going to happen? Or one third happen? of your food that you eat is pollinated by, well, it's just pollinated by pollinators. Okay. And the biggest one being the honeybee. Um, almonds are probably the largest crop pollinated by bees, and that's out in California. Um, about two million colonies are migrated to California every winter in about early January through February to pollinate almonds. So it's not, but it's not just almonds, it's a bunch of our yeah, food yeah. is I mean, in that, danger? That's, yeah, so if bees go, go extinct, yeah. then not only does your, you know, like your nuts and some fruits and things go, those are the ones that are immediately off the table, right? Oh, really? Okay. And then, subsequently from there, um, crop yields are less on things, on grains. Right. Um, and so that affects your cattle industry, and that affects then human consumption and profits. And it's, so so it's, go this away, is pretty it's central pretty, to our yeah, existence here. It's to, to your... Yeah. And not just there being a bunch of bees, but there being a bunch of bees in every local location. Yes. Not yeah. just a bunch yeah. somewhere being enough. I mean, it, it. the way that food is produced these days, it is yeah. very much, they don't necessarily have to be in every local location, but it's yeah. good for the environment if yeah. they are. Yeah. Because they promote reproduction of plants. Right, right. And so, um, I was talking to one beekeeper who's been in the business for He's probably a third or fourth generation beekeeper. He has like 25,000 colonies down in Louisiana. And he said that they've actually seen locations get better for the bees over the years that they've had them there because of the way the bees essentially create their own good ecosystem. Right. So, so how does one beekeep? Okay. Walk us through at yeah, least the, you so, know, the, the introduction okay. to this. <laughs> so the best way to get started... Um, is to get in the bees with somebody. That's my okay. opinion. You yeah. want to go get in the bees with somebody um, and get hands-on experience. Because yeah. you can take classes, you can read, you can research. None of that's gonna matter as soon as you open a colony and have no idea how to even inspect or know what you're seeing, right? So don't go to Amazon and buy beekeeping for dummies. Yeah, although that book is good. That exists? Yeah, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a there's everything for dummies, for dummies. Yes. <laughs> but uh, no, get in a colony. So don't just buy that book. <laughs> yeah, buy that book. Get with somebody, and don't believe everything you read. Okay. Kind of the main. That's my main advice for any new beekeeper: is don't believe anything on the internet that you read unless you. <laughs> yeah. You can. So get involved yeah. with someone who's already doing it. Yeah, and then the next step after that is once you're comfortable and you like it then you can go out and get your own colony yeah and there's several different ways to do that um, 
What's a, what's an introduction way to do that? Like, what are the supplies you would need? And yeah, so basically, um, you need the woodenware, which is where the bees live. That would be like the box or that's, house. That's the thing. box yeah. and the frames, lid, um, all that kind of thing, and then you need bees to go in it. And so you can buy packages, you can buy nukes, or you can buy full colonies. What do those phrases mean? So packages are essentially a forced swarm. Okay. A swarm is uh, essentially a, a bunch of bees together with a queen. Okay. So, and that's the bees' natural way of reproducing in the wild. Okay. They get too big, they realize they don't have any space, and they decide to split. Half the bees leave with the queen and go find another colony to live in. Another hole in the wall, another log, something like that, right? Yeah. And essentially the beekeepers just force that. They shake oh, a bunch yeah. of bees, add a queen, and they have this little package, it's about three pounds, which is about 10,000 bees. Um, and they come in a little wire cage. That's probably my, at the bottom of my list for starting colonies. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to get them to where they need to be. And it's, as a new beekeeper, it can be daunting just trying yeah. to figure that out. So nukes are kind of the best way to go. Um, a nuke is just a, it's a nucleus colony. So it's half the size of a normal colony. Okay. And it's already established, so it's already have already has a queen. Right. Already has all the bees that it needs and the stores that it needs, and so it's ready to go. So it could stay in that nuke forever. Yeah. And be fine. They would just swarm. Right. Obviously, because they run out of space very quickly. But that's kind of the best way to get started, because you just transfer that over. Yeah. Into a full colony, and they build out from there. Um, buying full colonies is a good idea as well, although. You don't have as much control over um, the, the beginning conditions of oh, that colony. Yeah. Um, with a nuke, it's usually a first-year queen, okay. and that colony was just yeah. produced, and so it's very fresh and kind of a clean slate. So, so what? Tell me about the design here. I'm looking at it. Just yeah, looks like oh, a storage yeah. box. Yeah, Why yeah, is it yeah. designed this way? Um. So. I can't remember the guy's first name, but his last name's Langstroth. And he was a pastor in, shoot, the late, yeah, late 1900s. Okay. Um, up in Philadelphia. And he, uh, yeah, he created the, the Langstroth Hive, which is what you're looking at. Okay. And it's a rectangular box that's, essentially optimized for configurability, so being yeah. able to configure it however you want. Um, there's a couple other designs out there, but this design has virtually stayed in, in its base, unchanged for probably 100 plus years. And the, you, you mentioned trays? Uh, frames. Oh, frames. And is that, is it kind of like a screen mesh So thing, it's actually, well, it depends. So, uh, this goes back to getting started in beekeeping as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plastic foundation is probably the best way to go for getting started. Um, that's essentially the bees, in order to make a clean colony, you want all the frames to be the same size, uniform, and built out the same way. Okay. okay? And it's kind of hard to visualize that if you can't see a colony, uh -huh. which is why I tell people to get, get involved. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and essentially that plastic foundation is good because it's strong, um, it's not, it's not going to break in the cold. Um, 
there is wax foundation, which is just a strip of wax okay. that the bees build off of. That's good too, but it is a little bit more fragile okay. and doesn't store as well. Okay. Um, so plastic foundation coated with wax. Okay. And then they build off of that. They build the combs off of that. They will build the combs completely by themselves, but they can, especially in a hive like this, they would crisscross it. Yeah. And it gets all, uh, yeah, mashed up together. And when you're trying to inspect and pull frames out, then it breaks the comb and honey goes everywhere and it's a mess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do you have to do anything? So you've provided this home for them. Yeah. The nuke. Yep. So all these, yeah, all these colonies here were from nukes. And, and you have the frames. Mm-hmm. Do you have to participate in anything they're doing in order for the comb to be built and their, their little hive to, be, to exist? So, yes. Early in the season, I usually feed. What, so what do you I, feed them? I feed them one-to-one sugar water. So oh, okay. So one part sugar to one and part water. And you just set it out next to the... Um, there's actually an f- internal feeder. Oh, okay. Which is a little container uh, with like a little mesh ladder down into it. And is that sort of simulating honey? Yeah. Like they're that's almost eating honey first? nectar. Nectar. I mean, um, yeah, that's sort yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. Nectar. And yeah, then they're sugar making water's the basically honey. nectar. Mm-hmm. So. so, what are some of the difficulties and challenges of this? Um, winters being the biggest challenge, especially up here and uh, really anywhere that it gets cold in the winter. Um, what do the bees do in wintertime? So, they essentially get into a cluster, and you like penguins, they cycle in and out to keep warm. The bees do that same thing. Wow. And at the center of their cluster, they keep it at about 90 degrees Fahrenheit the entire year, regardless of what the weather is outside. Well, then what, where, where does the challenge come in then if that's so what the, they do? So that's, that's the optimal scenario. Right? Yeah. They have enough food, they have a good queen, and they have little to no viruses or pathogens. Right? right, okay. So really, once they get into winter, there's nothing you can do. Once they're in... So you're just hoping that they're healthy yeah. and... Yeah, but... That's takes you to fall. Okay. And fall is the most important time. To get them ready for winter. Is to get them ready for winter. Yeah. And that's feeding, that's treating, and that's making sure that if they don't have enough bees or they've lost their queen, you're combining them with another colony. Um, So you've been working on, that's, you know, you've been busy lately with this, but where are you? Winter hasn't really started officially, but Boone is sort of different than the rest of the Carolinas. Where are you in that? I'm pretty much done. Okay, so you've prepped them for winter because it's kind of started. Yeah, yeah. Um, Um, How do you know if they're ready? So, the main thing, I mean, some of it's beekeeper intuition. So Uh my intuition is beekeeper looking at them and I'm like, okay, they're ready. Yeah. And sometimes I can't quantify why that is. Yeah. Um, But generally, like a colony like we're looking at here, they need to be about 80 to 100 pounds um, to 100, yeah, anywhere from 80 to 120 pounds. And what we're seeing is some activity. It's not yeah. anything major, yeah. but there's... They're still probably finding something there out there. There may be 30 to 50-ish bees just yeah. co- sort of floating around, going in and out. I'm trying to figure out why that one's that Yeah, way. and the, the other, other two, two have yeah. hardly anything. Yeah. Um, I did mess with that one just a second ago. Oh, so yeah. That might be. They're but, like, wait, what yeah. are we supposed to do? So they, they make they make the comb, yeah. which consists of honey. That's mm-hmm. it is made of honey. Yeah. And then they fill the comb with more honey? Yes. And so where does the in the beekeeping process, how do you take that yeah, out? So and how do you know how much to leave for them? Yeah, so that's goes back to winter too. I mean that Oh okay. And honestly, 
fall for a beekeeper starts in August. Okay. And goes till about the end of September. Okay, okay. And the fall for everybody else starts after that. But right, in my yeah. mind, um, if something's wrong after September. You might not be able to yeah, fix it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but generally I take as much as I want because I know I can feed as much as I need to to build back up their stores. Yeah. Um, and feeding is way cheaper than honey is. Right? So. Yeah. I don't want to leave 20, 30 pounds of honey on the colony when I can buy, you know, a 25 pound bag of sugar for yeah. eight bucks. Yeah. Mix it with water yeah. and. Yeah. And yeah. feed it back. So that's kind of, there's some discussion on if that's healthy for the bees or if it's not. And, you know, it's sugar and it's essentially nectar. So it's still the, still the same kind of composition and they seem to do fine on it and actually do better then so our fall honey up here goldenrod has a lot of impurities in it and can affect the bees gut pretty pretty bad in the winter if they can't get out and go to the bathroom they won't go to the bathroom in the hive oh i see so they have to get out so if they eat something with a bunch of impurities in it they're gonna have a lot more waste oh yeah and so actually sugar just sugar syrup is really pure and there's hardly any waste it's just pure energy and so they don't really need to defecate anywhere yeah for a very long time because of that wow. um, so actually sugar in some cases is better yeah but when it goes to so back to harvesting honey yeah um, so there's certain periods of time during the year that we call the honey flow and that's when a high number of nectar producing sources are blooming okay um, I can get into all those because that's a whole another fascinating part two yeah yeah part two <laughs> um, and so during it's about a three-week period to four-week period usually that the nectar is flowing yeah and if the bees are strong they're gonna put it in you know five to ten pounds a day of honey um, and I know when it's ready when it's capped so once the bees have put that honey in the cells right they built the comb put the honey in the cells they put a capping over it and that's to preserve it so it's a little wax What does that look? It looks waxy? Yeah, it's a okay. wax capping. Yeah. Cool. And they and make that from yeah. their bodies too? They, they So they that. know it's time. Yeah. Or maybe they, maybe so instinctively they, 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 it's time and they well, change they what they make. Out. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you said that. So they dry it out and they get it about, down to about 17.5%. At that point, it can last forever. Because any pathogens that try to get into the honey die. Because it sucks all the moisture out of it. And so, fascinating. Man. So as long as it's capped or sealed, yeah. it'll never go bad. And they so can, they they can their honey or they jar yeah, it up. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and so we know that it's the right moisture content, and it's you know. And how, in, is in that, that once a year or is that cyclical and it just like happens over and over? Depends on location. So okay. here I do about two to three times a year. Uh huh. They cap it two or three times a year. Yeah, there, or there's honey to be harvested. There's yeah. a flow three times a year. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so once it's capped, I usually want the whole super, which is the box, to be okay. capped. Okay. And then I take that. And a hundred different methods to take yeah. honey. My favorite is a leaf blower, and you just blow the bees out of the box. Now, is, yeah. is that instead of gassing them? That's instead of using, well, it's called a fume board. Fuming them, yeah. sorry, yeah. And that, um, there's some natural, you know, essential oils or yeah. other things like that that they 
that you can use and there's some hard chemicals too but essentially just they just don't like it and they move out of the box so that's the reason why the fuming exists is just get them out of there for a little while while you harvest yeah and yeah. Your, your version of it is a leaf blower yeah um, I still use a smoker, right? Oh, you, so yeah. what's so, the, what's so the, the difference between So a smoker is just... To calm them down? Um, yeah, and it's to mask any pheromone that they're communicating. Oh, oh. So when bees sting you, yeah. honeybees especially, they'll release a pheromone, an alarm pheromone. Oh. Okay? And that triggers that response in the other bees. So that's their mechanism. That's if, unbelievable. An, an intruder comes in. That's how they communicate. Why aren't why aren't we intrude? Like why don't they perceive us as? We intruding? aren't doing anything to hurt them. But if one of them came over here and stung us, they might think that we're up to something bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There might be a, a bee or two that would be like, "Oh, get this Yo, person." Yeah. Right. And so, and all bees' communication is pheromone and um, like sound and a uh, little bit of movement. There's a lot of movement in the colony to communicate with other bees where flowers are. And. So yeah, the smoke masks the pheromone and just calms them down. Yeah, okay. And just pushes, you know, it's just just. But there, there are certain ways to do that that people argue about what's the healthiest way, right? Like sometimes they can argue people, it's not good for them, but yeah. you can use other other. Yeah, so the, the smoker is really just any burning stuff. I mean, I use pine needles, old old blue jeans, burlap. That's good to know. So it, it's not like. You're poisoning them a little bit yeah, with some no. chemical that's horrible for no, them. Yeah, no, that's... The smoke doesn't really hurt them at all. Yeah. Uh, unless there's something in, the, in, it in what you're burning. But yeah. Now, the fume board, that is, if you use, like, the natural stuff, doesn't hurt them. Chemical, eh. There's yeah. probably some residue. Right. Essentially, they just don't like it and they move out. Okay. But I speed that process up because it doesn't always work. Sometimes they just don't move and... Yeah. You've had a fume board sitting on for 10 minutes and they're going nowhere. Yeah. So you pull out a leaf blower and you're done in a minute or less. And then you take the... So you take that... The boards, the, the you, frames. You take the super with the frames. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great it's a great system. How much do you leave in for them? Um, or is during, it... During the, during the season when I know there's another honey flow coming up, I pretty much just leave them with their brood box, which is where they're rearing newbies where uh -huh. the queen's laying eggs so you're basically they're they're coming out and eating nectar mm -hmm. and you're giving them a whole bunch of extra fake nectar with the sugar water so they but probably that's don't only even... on the tail the, the two ends of the season so the beginning and the end right right, right. Um, every other especially up here every other time is pretty much full of nectar all the time unbelievable so i can pull everything off and they're still going to be pulling their nectar and still feeding on that wow so so they're really they're just making it for someone else basically <laughs> for, yeah. the, for the bears yeah. to come and yeah <laughs> or for the, the humans but in the, on the flip side if they didn't have me there's they wouldn't they, they wouldn't survive would winter survive. yeah um so it's a cool partnership yeah and so uh can we talk a little bit about the benefits of honey for us yeah so there's lots of um claimed benefits and yeah. uh things like that but Really, the main one is like allergies, right? So, yeah, honey from a local area, and really, it's growing zones, other yeah. than like has to be within your city or whatever. Yeah. So pretty much any any honey from across the state is considered local, at right. least for the allergy benefit, right? So it's probably going to be healthier for you in terms of allergy. Yeah. More as opposed to if you just bought 
at the generic cheap one from the grocery store yes. that came from another state, country, yep. et cetera. It's going to be better if yeah. it's around um, here. And the honey in the stores, there's a lot of misconceptions about that. And I'll finish the benefits of honey and then get to the Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to throw the my uh, <laughs> buddies in commercial beekeeping under the bus because mm-hmm. they sell a lot of honey to packers who repackage it and send it to stores and then they get villainized for their fake honey or bad honey and really it's it's regular it's honey. fine yeah um and so yeah so other benefits there's some amino acids and kind of uh other helpful proteins within honey um your body also doesn't react to it like it does to sugars like normal sugar yeah um it processes it better yeah uh yeah i mean it's just a healthy it's the very healthy alternate to any kind of sugar. Yeah, just cane uh, sugar or yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's about, I mean, there's, there's some other health benefits out there I probably don't even know about, but. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and how about, you know, the, the, those nuance of tastes? Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe I can understand why some would taste differently in a very, random way organic way like oh it's because they happen to go to these kinds of flowers or whatever but how can you control that or at least organize that in terms of then selling that product it's like this is a lavender this is a it's like how does that happen so there's infused honey people will infuse honey oh so it's after the fact so some of that some of that's after the fact so like lavender or although there is lavender honey it's not infused. It's, it's just not infused. because it's that's where they got their nectar. Yeah. nectar. yeah. Um, or like cinnamon infused or yeah. uh, chocolate or lemon or all those. And I... Eh. Yeah, so talk about the... Not the infused part, but like yeah. if it's true lavender honey, does that mean that the bees are just near a bunch of lavender? Yeah, basically. Okay, okay yeah. Um, and you can test what honey it is based on the pollen particles that are in the honey, uh-huh. which is why it's good for allergies. Right. But there's small amounts of pollen in every spoonful of honey. Um, and so anything over like 50% is considered, you can call it pure whatever. Right? Yeah. So pure lavender honey. Okay, it may only be 51% lavender, but... But compared to yeah, generic, it's a lot of right. lavender, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> um, and generally the honey is a really strong flavor and it's over 50%. That's all you're going to be able to taste. Yeah. Um, and that's really the only real reliable way to tell what a honey is Yeah. without tasting it mm-hmm. um, and without having an educated palate. Yeah. Because um, color can be a good indicator, but if you have, I mean, think about it, if you have a really, if you have water and you add a tiny bit of food coloring to it, it changes that entire mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. So if you're a really light colored honey and you add the really dark colored honey, but only a little bit, it's gonna change the entire color. Uh-huh. And yeah. so some people, you know, be like, oh, that's not that honey because it's not this color. And it's like, well, that's just 10%. That yeah. dark is just 10%, 10% and the 90% of it, of it is- Is the light stuff. Is the light stuff, but it changes. Well, then you get into just like the consumer mentality. Yeah. Which matters at running a business. Oh yeah. But they're not, they're not always informed right. of the truth and that, of it all, yeah. And honey is one of those that is, suffers from some of that misinformed um, yeah and kind of the big the biggest thing honey crystallizes naturally okay so it will sugar um how how long does that take depends on the honey 
Oh, really? So higher glucose honeys crystallize faster, lower glucose honeys don't. And what does that mean? Like, is it going back to the state it was when they drank it? No, it's going, it's nectar. just sugaring. So it's yeah. at such a low moisture that it turns into grains. Yeah. And I've actually, the honey that I brought yeah. for you to try, yeah. it's starting to crystallize a little bit. Okay, yeah. And you can see the, the crystals. But is that a bad fall. thing? No. So it, I mean, it's another preservation yeah. mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, Normally though, we, you know, we buy our honey, we buy most of our stuff locally and we go through it so quickly. It never, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never crystallizes. Yeah, exactly. But I have had some grocery store stuff yeah. that it sort of sat there for a while and I, on the rim it started to crystallize. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I always thought that that meant it was going bad. Right. But I guess not. Which is not true. Okay, so, yeah. If honey crystallizes, don't swat the bees. Don't swat the yeah. bees. Okay. One of It hit my head. Yeah, and I they're going to do that. And I think this one is actually hatching. There's new bees what does that hatching mean? out. Oh, ba- yeah. babies. Yeah. They're orienting. You see how they're not flying this way yeah they're just sitting in front of the colony looking at it yeah they're orienting to this location because they've never been outside the colony yeah they were just born figuring out where they are so they're triangulating their location we've got baby bees yeah (laughs) (laughs) they look uh like a lot like regular bees yeah they they pretty much are (laughs) um is that it that's funny i'm seeing a male bee which is a drone yeah and they're technically all supposed to be dead right now but he doesn't know that. Yeah, they're supposed to be kicked out about probably two weeks ago. <laughs> well, is that maybe why there's more babies? Is because he didn't die? Maybe I don't know. How long is that the gestation process? Uh, so, so queen bees are the shortest. They're sixteen days. Oh wow! From egg to emergence. Well, that sounds about right. If that guy was supposed to be dead a couple weeks ago and he's not, you've got your 16 days. You could days. have a new queen, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm imagining that he's just survived the purge. Okay, so. yeah. But, uh, and then workers, 21 days. Um, oh, oh, okay. Workers, so when a queen, it takes 16 days when the for the queen to be born. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 21 for and the then workers. And 21 for the workers, and then it's 32 for the drones, I think. I've never really... Pay attention to that one. And this might, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about here. I'm just (laughs) learning from you. I think what I'm hearing is that worker bees are female. Yes. Okay. And then drones are male, but are drones, do they work? No. Okay. So the drones only purpose is to mate with the queen. So this is where someone listening inserts some joke about guys not working and girls doing all the work. Yeah. It gets funnier. Okay. Okay. So they don't mate with queen in their hive. Okay, okay. So they don't inbreed. Um, the drones will actually fly about one and a half miles to a special area called the DCA, Drone Congregation Area. They magically pick a place, and that's where all the drones from all the colonies within a one and a half mile radius meet. Unbelievable. And then queens within three-fourths of a mile meet at that same location. Has anyone determined if it's the queen or the drones that figure it out? They can find them, but they still don't know how Who or why. Who determined it and how yeah. they determined it. Yeah. That's really so cool. So then the queen, the queens from these neighboring colonies come and mate with these drones. Yeah. And so they it's avoid... It's a rendezvous point. Yeah. And they avoid that um, that inbreeding because the drones yeah. go farther than the queens go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the queen will then mate with about 10 to 20 drones. Okay. And that's sufficient for her entire lifetime. Oh, okay. So she never has to mate again. Once a queen gets mated, she never has to mate again. And any estimate of how many bees that makes? 
she lays over a thousand eggs a day. Wow! The, at the peak of the season, so this colony, these colonies here, are probably twenty to thirty thousand bees okay. at most. Um, That's a lot for a small little yeah, box, man. But in the summer, it's forty to sixty thousand. And each day, there's bees dying off and bees hatching. Yeah, what's the lifetime? Summer is about a month. Okay. Um, winter is about three to four months. So the winter bees are actually different. Like yeah, sure. Build. They're bigger, fatter, yeah, healthier bees. So, um, But the drones all die. After, when they mate, they die. Okay. So. Really? Yeah. So they do nothing. You know, mate once and die. <laughs> they have one purpose. Yep. Wow, and man. workers are essentially immature females, so oh. their ovaries aren't actually developed. I see. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you collect the honey, yep. So you've 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 gotten them out of there for a couple minutes. They've gotten the bees out of there, and you collect the honey. How do you collect, or how how do you put it into so you know, those cappings the next are container? there, right? Yeah. You have to get the you have to cut those off. Okay. Right. Um, and essentially that's a hot knife or a little like fork scraper to okay. just break them open. Yep. And then you put it in a centrifuge. Essentially spins the hunt, spins it out. Wow. So it hits the sides, drains, and then I put it through a small um, strainer. And but could you eat it right then? Yeah. No problem? Yeah, yeah. you can eat it right then. It's no just problem. would have stuff in it. It's basically. just going to have bee parts or yeah. wax, um, other little impurities. Which wouldn't hurt you at all. Probably would, not. But wouldn't be much of a sellable product yeah. to the. Yeah, yeah. Got Although there is people out there that will sell honey that's. Just got completely. stuff in it. And yeah, just uh, it's quicker. There's a market for everything. It's yeah. quicker. It's yeah, less yeah. work. But it, somebody uh, won. But I filter it to get out those. Yeah. Those things, um, but not a fine enough filter that it filters out the pollen and the other benefits. Yeah, right. right. And I don't heat it at all. Okay. Um, and then you put that same frame back in. So yeah, that that frame's intact. Right? And it has that honeycomb yep. still intact, unless you sometimes choose to take that honeycomb yes sometimes i'll choose to cut that out and you that sometimes is part of i've seen it like yeah, in the in jar, jar with yeah, it and yeah, everything yeah. but you often more times than not you you told me that you keep that so that they don't that's yeah how much less work they have to do right yes yeah, so it takes um so a frame of honey is about three pounds okay which is about a quart okay so it takes a quart of honey to build that frame oh okay and then another quart of honey to fill it so, so i can have two quarts instead of some wax. So once I get that wax built, I really want to keep that intact. And the wax wax that's used for honey supers will last. So when you five, open that years. thing up and take a frame out and yeah. clean uh, drain out that honey, that's about a quart of honey. Yeah. But is there more than one frame in per box? Yeah, so there's these are 10 frame boxes. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Got it. Um, honey supers I do 9 frames so that they're fatter so okay. the bees build them out farther. Those cappings are more exposed and they're easier to uncap. Uncap, right? Yeah. What's your favorite part of this? Uh, spring springtime. Yeah. Um, and making new colonies. That's why. Uh, in the spring, there's really nothing you can do wrong, and the bees are just building up incredibly fast, and I have to be out every single day doing something to keep up, and so it's kind of like you realize, and you realize how much they're their own thing. Uh huh. And um, you don't have to, yeah. Uh, and then, but then at the same time, it's also 
I can manipulate a lot of stuff. Uh-huh, right. And so it's like this great partnership of nature doing its own thing, and then I'm coming in and manipulating it to do what I want, and they're happy to let me, and it's just, it's really fun. Uh, and so that's making queens, that's, and then making splits, and then feeding those splits and building When they out, multiply, and, or they split off and go somewhere, that's yeah, what you mean Yeah, but I don't split. want them to do that. That's why I'm having to keep up. Oh, yeah. So when they get too big, they swarm. And you're trying to prevent that. Yes, because it takes, like I said, 16 days for the queen to hatch or emerge. Yeah. And then another two weeks for her to get mated. Right. Right. And that part you have no control of. I have no control of. over that. But you, I can saturate an area with drones. Oh, right. But you... But I can't How do you that. know what a queen is? Yeah, I'll, get, look, I'll, finish, <laughs> I'll finish the queen's life cycle. Okay, and okay. Get to the, the queen rearing part, which is probably the most complicated part. And the, the central part of it all. Yeah. Or else you have no yeah. more bees. Now, I can buy queens from other people. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. expensive. So. Okay, okay. So then it's 21 days till that worker hatches. So effectively, okay. you're out a queen. So once the queen, once the hive swarms, that new queen will hatch within a couple days okay so she's a virgin okay and it'll take her a month to start laying before that new worker hatches okay so that population's gonna dive and they're gonna be really small which is in the wild is great because then they can build back up yeah and they go over winter and they do it again okay but I don't want that to happen right so I want to get there before that happens take out some of the bees and the brood and the frames yeah and replace it with empties so that they can still keep building yeah. And they have that laying queen that's going to keep working. So then that colony that I just produced needs a new queen. Right. And so that's where the queen rearing comes in. And so like I said, workers are immature females. And the only reason they are immature females is they were fed pollen at around day two of their larva stage. Okay? Yeah. And that triggers... So that makes them an immature female right the queen is a mature female and she's only fed royal jelly from day one. Oh. and that triggers genetic changes to turn her into a queen it, is that something the bees figure out yeah okay they decide so that's that. not even you yeah now the way that i force it is essentially i take a lot of the proper aged larva and put it into a queenless colony that doesn't have a queen so they know right. they they need one and they're going to build as many, like anything that bees do, they do way more than they need. Right. So, so you're creating and, the ideal scenario for yeah. them to create and decide on a, a new queen. A queen. Yeah. But it's still, you've created the scenario, but they're still the ones they're that figure control. out yeah. how to do it. Yeah. You don't You don't point to one and go, yeah. you are the queen. So those, like they those colonies out. are called cell builders. Okay. Yeah. They build the cells. Yeah. And I put them in these little plastic cups that mimic the natural queen cup that they would build in a colony. Oh, yeah. And then they feed that larva and they uh, build the cell out and then I take it out at about day, once it's capped, probably six or seven days after that. Yeah. And put it in that new colony. So that new virgin emerges into this new colony, which is hers. Then she gets mated. And then the timing on that's good because I've got new brood. Yeah. That's hatching out. By the time all that hatches out and that queen's made, she's got a clean slate. Yeah. And she can just lay up everything. And it works nicely. So. And then it just repeats yeah. the. But I actually have to graft larva. So I have oh. to have a tool to graft the larva out of one cell and put it in the bigger cell. 
and that's a touchy job because they're about the size of eh, like a little little comma uh-huh you know that's about how big they are so I, have to, I have to physically move that alive thing <laughs> right into another and it's super fragile sure and it's a little surgic surgery yeah, yeah. so you get really good at it after a while like, yeah but well i, I want to try to wrap it up with yeah some, to, to try to simplify this for the listeners yeah the first thing I'll, I'll say is like if if anyone listening wants to connect with sullivan his name is sullivan wilkes and you can find him on facebook and on instagram sullivan wilkes uh, if you want to buy his honey um, farmers market which is open seasonally it's open may through october so that means we're recording this in november so yep. farmers yep. market sort of just ended but you can also find his honey at high country food hub um, the the it's called Faith Mountain Farm, and actually, I guess you're kind of expanding, and maybe we can talk about that some other yeah, time, yeah. expanding, but for now, at least, right. um, Faith Mountain Farm. You can go to faithmtnfarm.com, faithmtnfarm.com, but in terms of connecting with Sullivan about, like, not just getting the honey, but maybe learning from him, because yeah. you, you do stuff where you kind of train people and then also oversee part of their stuff so they don't yeah, have to be yeah. an expert at all the stuff. Yeah. They could just do some of the I maintenance. I do consulting and I also do something called Backyard Beehive where I lease colonies to you. Yeah. Uh, so some, so yeah. somebody can get started um, without having to be the expert quite yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, but try to simplify this uh, for us. Of, if someone wants to get into beekeeping, you know, I've already laid out they, they should go to you, but let's yeah. say they don't go to you. What's a, what's a first step for them, a next step, if they just want to get get started in all this? Yeah, so local bee club. Okay. That's go there, find people that are in beekeeping, um, get the proper equipment, and start in the spring. All and right. buy from a local or smaller producer. So buy yeah. the bees from that person. Generally going to be better. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, stay, you know, be open to the fact that you're going to get surprised and you're going to stump the people that know everything as yeah. well. So yeah, it's a, yeah. And, and then monitor and treat. Okay. So those, that's the biggest. That's so good. The bullet monitor points. Monitor and treat. Yep. That's, and I can go into what all that yeah. means, but it's that's okay. kind that's of the start. basic. And that's, that's, a, that's very, a helpful yeah. start for us. And then yeah. I'll just kind of, um, add that if you're listening you're like that sounds super cool don't know if i'm quite ready for that in the meantime let's buy local honey yeah. because then it's supporting all of it and then it can get you to get to know the local yeah, beekeepers yeah. and then you can kind of ease your way in but in the meantime let's buy some local honey because yeah. it's not only good for the bees it's good for the beekeepers oh, yeah. and then it, <laughs> and then it's good for our own bodies yep. so it's win 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 um, well, thanks so much, man. I just learned a whole bunch. I do. I would love to do kind of a part two thing sometime. Yeah, yeah. The, the more in depth, a lot of... the follow up side tangents <laughs> that I'm sure you have a million of. Yeah. But thanks so much for your time. I appreciate yeah. uh, you for educating us. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, go go buy some local honey. You can buy Faith Mountain Farm honey. You can find uh, additional uh, local honey. Uh, connect with local bee club. Go to faithmtnfarm.com. And you can also go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things. Thanks for listening.